All the things you prayed for. Chapter 24 If you clip past the elevator, you can unlock hidden characters. Content Warnings This chapter contains a description of a panic attack from the POV character. If you need me for anything, you can call and I'll fly down, Barry says, glancing over his shoulder at Loop, sitting on his bed and watching him panic over what to bring to the conference. I mean, it's only a couple of nights, but, you know, I'd much rather fight aliens or set up the TV to record Cutthroat Kitchen than give a keynote. All Taco's done for the last week is watch TV, play on his tablet, and avoid working out, Loop says, clearly amused. We're going to be fine. I've got Kravitz here for backup. I know. Barry's not really worried. The biggest issue he can foresee is Loop and Taco having an argument because Taco can't retreat to Barry's lab to play with Dummy with Barry gone, and Loop doesn't feel comfortable going to the gym to spar with Kravitz when Taco's got no one else to spend time with, unless Taco's taking a nap. Internet access might have done a lot to enrich Taco's life, but being cooped up in the tower is obviously starting to get to Loop. She's used to being a lot more active than this. Barry doesn't know if Taco sees the cracks starting to form in Loop's facade, because he's betting Loop doesn't want him to know. But Barry can see them loud and clear. Maybe you and Taco could go out, he says, picking a suit jacket out of the closet and holding it up for Loop's approval. Do you think I can get aware with wearing jeans to the conference? Babe, you're Iron Man. You can get away with wearing whatever you want. Luke grins at him. And you're going to wear jeans anyway, so yes, definitely. Wear dark wash denim, though. Kravitz will be disappointed in you otherwise. Kravitz will never know. Barry picks up a pair of dark wash jeans to pack anyway. Spiritually, he'll be disappointed. The only time I've ever seen Kravitz wear something that isn't form-fitting and mostly black is when he was undercover as my assistant, Barry says, tossing his jeans and jacket onto the bed. You just think he looks nice in a suit. He does look nice in a suit, Loop says, which is fair. Kravitz looks nice in most things. I think you look nice in a suit, too. Don't worry. I think your butt looks very sexy in jeans, too. Barry laughs and picks out a white shirt to wear at the conference. It's a short-sleeved button-down, so it feels like a good compromise. Professional, but not too stuffy. Thanks, hon. I think your butt looks sexy in jeans, too. Damn straight. Loop slides off the bed and takes the shirt from him, hanging it back up in his closet. 
I love you too much to let you wear that in front of all the science boys coming to see you talk about green energy and the future of tech. You're already wearing jeans. Just wear a t-shirt under your jacket. You'll be more comfortable. You'll look like a cool gamer PR guy. You're giving them a speech for free. You can wear a t-shirt. Barry smiles at Loop, hopelessly fond. Short sleeves too nerdy? Short sleeves way too nerdy, Loop confirms, leaning in to give him a quick peck on the lips. T-shirt, be the cool nerd. She raises her eyebrows. Wear an Iron Man shirt. You'll match everyone in the audience. Barry groans and wraps his arms around Loop, tugging her close so he can let his head fall onto her shoulder. God, don't remind me. People are gonna want my autograph. Barry spends most of his time inside, or as close to home as possible. People try desperately to be too cool to stare at celebrities in Manhattan. His other house is in Malibu, and nobody there cares about him because he's not the right kind of celebrity. He's just another white guy struggling not to burn in the sun. The Malibu house was his father's first, and it shows. It's over-the-top mid-century flash, with a lavish pool that Barry almost, but not quite, learned how to swim in as a kid. Barry's not a big fan of spending time there, although the one time he took Loop to Malibu was different. Loop freckles in the sun, and her hair catches the light and looks all golden and lovely, like something out of a painting, like a masterpiece. If Barry's fantasizing about running away to the modernist nightmare of glass and wood that is his father's California dream home, things have gotten really bad with the pre-conference anxiety. It's just that, usually, if he's out in public now, Looper Kravitz or one of the other Avengers is with him. They're good at deflecting attention off Barry, or at extracting him from uncomfortable conversations. He doesn't know if offering Kravitz a day job as his for real personal assistance is gauche or not, now that S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist anymore. But he misses the days when Kravitz would just glare everyone into submission for him. They were magical. He can't take Kravitz to Boston with him, though, because someone should be at the tower with Taco and Loop, just in case they need a break. You're going to be fine, Loop says, rubbing his back and pressing a kiss to his cheek. Seriously, you're always fine with presentations once you get there. You'll spend your time talking with all the other engineers about the neat things they're inventing, and you'll give money to a bunch of people who are trying to save the world for the long term, and not just from whatever weird alien invasion we've got on our plates this week. You'll call me after your speech and tell me how cool it was. Barry kisses Loop's shoulder and squeezes her gently before he pulls back, just far enough to look at her.
He gives her a soft smile. I love you. Love you, too, Whoop says, very pleased with herself. Are you going to bring me back a present? Barry thinks about it for a moment. I can do conference swag? Hell yeah, conference swag! I want a t-shirt! The worst one you can find. <laughs> I'll do my best to find you something appropriately terrible, Barry says laughing. It's a tech conference. There'll be free t-shirts. This is why I'm dating a billionaire, Loop says, brushing her fingers through the hair at the nape of Barry's neck. Got those sweet free promotional t-shirt hookups. Barry kisses Loop, feeling like maybe packing can be put off for a couple of hours. But after a moment, she slides her hand down to his chest and pushes him back. Uh-uh, she says, shaking her head. You gotta finish getting ready before you can get more kisses. I'm being responsible here. Barry pouts. You just want your t-shirt. Oh, definitely. All I care about here. Loop agrees, sitting on the edge of the bed again and grinning up at him. I'll miss you, though. I'll miss you, too. Barry gives up on pouting at Loop in an attempt to free himself from conference hell. He knows he's got to go. He's just enjoying whining about it. But hey, going somewhere with Taco, what do you think? The hunger's still out there, Loop says after a moment. I don't know. I guess it would be. Merle said some stimulus was good for Taco's brain, right? The hunger may be trying to regroup, but Barry's pretty sure they're not together enough to coordinate a surprise attack in the middle of Manhattan. I'm not suggesting you take him on a day trip or anything. But you could go out for lunch, maybe? Or just a walk in the park? A change in scenery might be nice. Loop gives him a suspicious look. Is this because you think I'm bored? Hun, I know you're bored. And I'm pretty sure Taco is too, Barry says, opening a drawer to pull out socks and underwear to take on the trip. He picks up a plain black t-shirt to take with him, too. He's pretty sure he can't pull off wearing his own merch to give a talk. Take him with you and do an activity outside of the tower. Neither of you should ever feel trapped here. It's not a prison. It's your home. Oh, babe. Gross. Loop's suspicion has softened into fondness, though. She holds up her arms, making grabbing hands in his direction. Okay, enough being responsible. You're going to be gone for a whole day and a half. Come here and let me smooch your brains out. Barry drops the clothes in his hands on the floor and heads over to Loop, kissing at her face as she laughs and reels him in close.
Barry thinks you're bored. Taco looks up from exploring the depths of the internet on his shiny new hall-winter tablet, curled up in a pile of blankets on Loop's couch. He's almost too hot, and it's fucking amazing. He's pretty sure he's never been as consistently warm and comfortable as he has been since coming to the tower. I've got the internet now, he says. It's even better than TV. I can get TV on it. Uh-huh. Luke gives him a skeptical look. Babe, you can't just sit on the couch and play on the internet all day. Taco snorts and looks back at his tablet and the Wikipedia page he has open. You're not my mom. Did you know there's a unit of measurement called slugs? What do you weigh? I want to figure out how much it is in slugs. Loop walks over, dropping onto the couch in front of him. She's all bright-eyed, like she's about to give him a speech about doing the right thing. I thought we could do something together today. Taco cautiously lowers his tablet. I'm not training. You should be doing some training, Loop says. But no, I meant, like, something fun for both of us. The park, maybe? A walk? Something inside Taco's brain screeches in protest. He knows it's all in his mind and there isn't really an alarm going off anywhere, but he tenses up so fast the plates in his arm whir in response like they think he's about to hit something. I'm good, actually, he says. Big old nope from Taco on that one. You've got to leave the tower sometime, Taco, Loop says, even though Taco's got the internet now and knows that's patently untrue. You can handle a walk in the park. It's literally a walk in the park. You have known me our whole lives, Loop. Their whole lives, minus 70 years, that Taco is happy to pretend never happened. He's done his hard thing. He let himself get brain scanned. He talked to Loop's weird magic doctor friend about his brain. Why does more progress have to happen? At what point in time did I give you the impression that I'd enjoy a walk in the park? Taco, come on. Loop crosses her legs and leans towards him, expression pleading. We don't have to go all the way to the park, if that's too far. There's this ice cream place a couple of blocks away where they let you serve yourself and they've got like a million toppings you can choose from. It's great. We could go there. Paco doesn't want to. He'd be more than happy to stay right where he is and just live in the tower forever, no matter what Loop says. The tower is safe, easy to defend. When they're both inside, he knows where Loop is, 
and there's already some vetting in place for other people with easy access to their floor. Outside? Who the fuck knows? Outside, there's the hunger. And apparently, sometimes there are fucking aliens. Outside, people will look at him and Loop and know exactly who he is. Loop looks so fucking hopeful, though. And Taco put her through hell. Taco's the reason Loop's cooped up and not out doing things in the city, like she probably would be if Taco were still a popsicle in a basement lab somewhere. Okay, fine, he says. But only because you promised me ice cream. You're going to love it, I promise, Loop says, smiling. She pats his knee. You don't even have to put on real clothes. We're getting ice cream at 11 in the morning on a Tuesday. Who's going to judge us? This is the perfect time for ice cream, Taco says, getting to his feet. This guy outside is, honestly, overcast. But now that he's thinking about it, Taco's pretty sure it's been over 70 years since he had ice cream. If Loop's going to drag him outside, there are worse rewards she could offer. He takes her at her word on the not-changing thing, though. Loop brings him a pair of her sneakers and a hat. You should wear the hat so you're less likely to be recognized, she says, pulling on a hoodie. Red, no Captain America branding in sight. People get weird, and, uh, they'll probably think you're me. She slides on a pair of sunglasses. New Yorkers are pretty chill, but tourists get real excited. Great. Taco puts on the hat and tries not to think about random strangers rushing them, loop, on the street. You're sure this ice cream is worth it? It may Technically, be frozen yogurt, Loop admits. But it's basically the same thing. I can't taste the difference. You are not selling this, Taco says, stuffing his left hand deep into the pocket of his Captain America hoodie. Okay, let's get this over with and eat some weird cold yogurt. When was the last time you ate warm yogurt? Loop grins as she opens the apartment door, heading for the elevator. It's good, I promise. You can cover it with candy and it comes in lots of flavors, like chocolate, cherry, pistachio. They make all sorts of yogurt now. It's fun. I'm gonna get everything, Taco says, watching Loop hit the call button. He'd rather take the stairs, but he knows that doesn't make sense. They're way up. He can remember walking down the stairs once before, the last time he was here, and it took a long time. Taco's not sure he has it in him to do that again. Once he gets in the elevator, there's no going back, and he doesn't have to think about changing his mind and heading back to the couch, where it's safe and comfortable. The elevator is a commitment. If I'm leaving the internet for this, I want to make it worth it. 
might need to make a few trips back to the soft-serve machines. But yeah, go to town, babe, Loop says. What's the point of having a super-soldier metabolism if you can't eat your weight in ice cream? Weird, cold yogurt. It seems important to emphasize the not-ice-cream nature of the place they're going, even if it is mostly to try and distract himself from the elevator's arrival. The door slides open and Loop steps inside. Taco can't even see her face, and he knows she looks expectant. She thinks everything is fine, that he's a reasonable person who can handle a single elevator ride. Taco's not even sure why his heart rate's spiking. He can take care of himself. He can protect a loop if he needs to, although he'd rather not need to. He's the fucking winter soldier, and he's scared of a walk down the street to get yogurt. Taco takes a very deliberate step into the elevator car and turns to face the doors like a normal person would. He doesn't back into the corner so he has a good view of the entire car. He's alone in it with Loop, for fuck's sake. Loop hits a button and the door slides shut. Taco breathes in. Let's out the breath slowly. Concentrates on slowing his heart to a more reasonable tempo. It's a single trip. Nothing is going to happen. Loop will maybe see a fan on the street. Someone will ask for her autograph. Some of the other soldiers did that, too, back in the day. It's nothing. He and the Howling Commandos teased her about it. Sometimes people mistook Taco for Loop. Not often, but more than once. And he hammed it up, acting all flattered and, Oh, I love my country and my apple pie just to give her shit. He's dealt with attention before. The problem is that the hunger is still out there. Lots of people would like to take a shot at Loop, at him. He's got no intel on the lay of the land, no idea which direction they're headed. Once he knew the city, Manhattan less well than Brooklyn, but he'd known what to expect out there known the kind of people he'd run into. Now, all he knows is that S.H.I.E.L.D. were the good guys, except they were also secretly the hunger, and there's so much fucking stuff out in the world. He's been reading Wikipedia non-stop since Barry handed him his tablet, and still hasn't even scratched the surface of all the shit he's missed. And Taco's attempt to control his heart rate has totally failed, because he can hear it pounding, can feel it in his temples, clogging up his throat as he stands next to Loop with his knees locked, staring straight ahead at the elevator door. His metal hand spasms in his pocket without any input from him, and Taco gasps and grabs onto the railing wrapped around the interior of the car, doing his best not to punch his way through the door. Shit, Taco, are you okay? Loop asks, touching his left shoulder. Taco jerks it away from her, backing himself into the corner. Nope, this this is... Nope, no ice cream for Taco! 
he says, and lets out a stupid, nervous laugh that doesn't even sound like it's coming from his fucking body. <laughs> Stop the elevator! Taco! Stop the elevator loop! Taco says, or I'm gonna punch my way out of this sink, and I don't think your boyfriend wants... Loop hits the button for the 11th floor before Taco can even finish his sentence, and the car stops, opening to a hallway with a bank of similar elevators. There's only one car that leads in the penthouse, so Taco assumes the car they're in is also Barry's one-way route down to the rest of whatever the fuck Hall Winter Tower holds, and isn't that something he should know? How could he have been so stupid? He can't just... A broad-shouldered man with a long ponytail and a green polo shirt stops in front of the open elevator doors, looking vaguely surprised. Captain, he says, looking at Loop, is that... Did Mr. Hallwinter send you down to HR? Nope, Loop says. Wrong floor. Sorry about that. Don't mind us. Loop smiles at the stranger. We're just going to take the stairs back up to the stop we missed. The doors are all keycard access now, the man says. Unless they're expecting you to arrive via the stairwell, you might want to make a call to whoever you're meeting. Loop grabs Taco's arm and tugs him out into the eleventh floor hallway. His skin is crawling with how exposed he feels. What the fuck even is HR? We're good, Brad, she says. Got our guards and everything. Don't worry about it. Polo Dude looks like maybe he wants to question that, but loops Captain America, and if Taka was in his right mind, he might appreciate more how much shit she can get away with just because people think butter wouldn't melt in her mouth, even though when he and Loop were kids, she got them into trouble way more than he did. Loop pushes the door to the stairwell open and drags Taco inside. She closes it behind her and leans against the door, letting him go and giving him space. And that's... it's okay, maybe? Taco doesn't know. He doesn't know how the fuck he feels or what his brain is doing or why a fucking... fucking elevator brought on a panic attack. He's been in plenty of fucking elevators before. No problem! He rode in a fuckload of them when he was on his Nazi murder tour. This is bullshit. His brain is bullshit. Fuck! He kicks the stair railing and it dents inwards, screeching in protest. The sound of his voice and of metal bending echo up and down the stairwell, and Taco can only just fucking glare at the railing for adding to the noise and for being so fragile. You want to talk about it? Loop asks, voice all reasonable in a way that's obviously covering up her freaking out about him freaking out. Taco shakes his head. abso fucking lutely not. He takes a deep breath, then another. He flexes both of his hands and looks down at them, shiny metal and flesh. He could have punched his way out of the elevator, easy peasy. Could have smashed the controls to hell to make it stop. Instead, he'd asked Loop to stop it. 
That was progress, right? He was in control here, not the programming that was supposed to make him some stone-cold, merciless murder bot. He still kind of wants to hit things. You know, they've got these ice cream sandwiches now, with, like, with, like, these soft chocolate wafer cookie things, kind of like a good humor bar so the chocolate doesn't just crack and fall off on you. I'm gonna get Jarvis to order some delivery today when we go back up, Loop says. I can eat, like, five of them in one sitting. They're Barry's favorite. He likes the vanilla ones, but they come in other flavors. Taco forces himself to laugh because Loop's offering him an olive branch, a way out. <laughs> Do you remember during the war when they used to feed us ice cream? He asks. Loop probably does. Maybe that's why she offered it in the first place. It'd been a reward and a comfort. A sign they'd made it through their mission and come out the other side. That they'd gotten back safely into the arms of the Allies. Of course, Barold likes vanilla ice cream the best. I remember the ice cream, Loop says. I'll have Jarvis order us every flavor he can find, and we'll try them all. I've only done mint chocolate chip and vanilla. Mint sounds good. Paco feels less like hitting things now. Still too exposed, too vulnerable out in the stairwell with only his arm for a weapon. He doesn't know what he was thinking, just walking out of the apartment like it was nothing. Like the big wide world wasn't a complete unknown. Can we go back now? Loop reaches out and touches his arm again, slides her hand down to his, and squeezes once gently. We can go back, she promises. We can watch some TV while we wait for our ice cream to get here. If you're really good, I'll even let you tell me about Wikipedia. Taco rolls his eyes because going through the motions at least helps him feel more grounded. He knocks their shoulders together. Don't patronize me, he says. No permission needed here, Lulu. If I want to tell you about Wikipedia, I'm gonna tell you about Wikipedia. Loop changes into sweatpants so she and Taco match, then has Jarvis order enough ice cream sandwiches to fill the freezer. She sits next to Taco on the couch and lets him lean against her as they watch more of his weird cooking shows, trying to keep calm and not look like she wants to go somewhere and scream. It's not fair. Taco can't even leave the house now? She's supposed to be on break from Cap's stuff, but all Loop wants to do is grab her shield and go punch as many hunger goons as possible. Except she can't, because she can't leave Taco, and Taco apparently can't leave the tower. Loop gives up when Jarvis clears his non-existent throat and politely informs them 
that someone from the front desk is bringing up her grocery order. She has a moment alone in the hallway to close her eyes and do deep breathing, to try not to fixate on the panic in Taco's eyes in the elevator and the way he'd backed himself into the corner like a scared animal, the way he'd looked at Brad from HR like he might pull out a gun or whip out Taco's drop codes. Taco tries not to think about how badly she misjudged things because she was bored of being stuck in the tower, and she thought Taco was ready to get out too. She thought he was good. He seemed maybe not good good, but better. So much better than the first time he came in, and Luke could kick herself for just taking everything at face value. Maybe Barry is the one who suggested they'd try going out, but Loops, the one who pushed Taco to leave the apartment. She's the one whose fault this is. She should know better. She's Taco's sister. He trusts her. Lube takes the bag of ice cream from the security guy in the elevator and heads back to the apartment. Taco looks away from the TV when Luke comes back smiling at her. He looks like himself, grin slightly crooked, a smug tilt to it that speaks of self-assurance. But she's seen Kravitz fake whole new personalities before. Barry's told her about the first time he met Kravitz, about his personal assistant, Keats, the vegetarian do-gooder who volunteered for charities on the weekends, the way Kravitz talks about the Winter Soldier has a kind of reverence sometimes. The Winter Soldier was the best at what he did. Doggo's smiling, and he seems fine. But she saw him in the elevator, and there's no way he got over that this easily. Luke knows being somewhere that he feels safe is probably helping, but this much? Loop used to be able to read Taco like an open book. He was the shittiest liar in the world. Couldn't hide anything from anyone. Just kept talking loud and long until people got confused or just fucking gave up trying to follow his story. It'd come in handy when they were kids and needed distraction. Loop knows they've both changed since the war since the last time they saw each other. Taco's been through hell, and she had to learn what she was like without him, had to learn how to be a person with a life that didn't involve her brother, because her brother was dead. She knows they've changed. But for some reason, the fact that Taco can lie now is what's hitting her the hardest. This tiny little thing that should matter less than the skill he has should pale in comparison to all the other shit the hunger did to him. It's such a stupid thing to be caught up on. It's not even that Taco's lying to her, because she's doing the same thing and she knows it, pretending she's fine when she's not, acting like nothing's bothering her when, okay, things are better. But Taco's stuck here, and his brain is bad, 
And she feels kind of trapped and hates that she feels trapped and maybe things are better, but the hunger is still out there and everything is still kind of terrible too. But hey, she bought taco ice cream. She brings the freezer bag to the couch and sets it down on the coffee table. Okay, babe, I'm thinking we start out with whatever's on top and then just keep trying flavors until we run out of new ones. Taco looks up at her, still all cheerful like the panic attack never happened. I'm thinking I can eat way more ice cream than you can. He unzips the bag and takes out the first box, Neapolitan with chocolate wafers, peering into the rest of the chock-full bag. Jesus, fuck! They make a lot of ice cream in the future, huh? I told you, they have so many flavors. Loop sits next to Taco again, taking the box from him and opening it up to grab one of the sandwiches herself. Barry gave me this, like, future ice cream once? Space ice cream. It's not good, but I'll make him get some for you, too. How the fuck is space ice cream not good? Taco gives her a skeptical look as he takes a sandwich of his own from the box, turning it over in his hands before unwrapping it. Ice cream from space sounds fucking amazing. It's really dry. They dehydrate it or something, you'll see. Loop takes a bite from her sandwich, watching Taco eat his too. A serious expression on his face as he chews it, like he's judging the ice cream for his cooking show. It's cute. Genuine, she's pretty sure. He's such a nerd. She's missed him so much that she keeps trying to jump ahead to the part where Taco's comfortable in the future and wants to explore. Keeps forgetting about when she first came out of the ice and burst into Times Square with its neon lights and giant screens and loads of tourists. Nearly had a panic attack of her own because what the fuck was she doing alive and in the future? Make a Jarvis order me space ice cream, Taco says, gesturing at the ceiling. You can ask Jarvis to get you things too, you know. Loop says. You're just trying to get a head start on sandwich eating, you cheater. I know you. Taco stuffs the rest of his sandwich into his mouth all at once and grins at her around it, cheeks puffed out. What the thought? Loop bumps their shoulders together and everything is almost normal. She eats ice cream sandwiches until she's uncomfortably full. Taco manages two more than her, then promptly falls asleep on the couch. Loop stacks fourteen boxes of ice cream in the freezer and tries not to hover over Taco's sleeping form. She doesn't want to leave him after the panic attack, but she needs to do something, and he's asleep. Loop writes a note, leaves it on the coffee table where Taco will see it first thing, and doesn't bother changing before heading to the training room.
She should grab real gym gear. She should definitely put on shoes. She doesn't. She needs to get her feelings out somehow and the hunger's not around for her to punch. It's stupid to think about Taco's Nazi murder tour like this, but there had been something fundamentally dissatisfying about only finding corpses when she and Kravitz and Barry chased him. She knows Taco deserved to get the first swing at the hunger, but God, Loop wishes she'd gotten a chance, too. She hadn't appreciated the chance to hit Nazis enough during the war. Loop pushes the door to the training room so hard it slams into the wall with a bang that echoes through the room. She catches it before it can bounce back into her shoulder and glares at it because, God, did she really push it that hard? She still doesn't know her own strength sometimes with the serum and... Loop. Loop does her best not to jump, turning to Grove Kravitz an unimpressed look. He's doing target practice, dressed in tight black gym clothes with a handful of knives. Of course he's doing target practice, because as far as she knows, Kravitz's idea of a hobby is just working on getting better at killing people. She takes a deep breath. She is not going to take this out on Kravitz. Hi. Hi, Kravitz says, tilting his head as he looks at her. Did something happen with Taco? Loop would blame Kravitz for being observant, but she's not exactly being subtle here. She lets the door swing shut behind her, gently, and walks into the room, onto the mat-lined floor. We tried going out today. Turns out that wasn't a good idea. Loop grimaces and runs her fingers through her hair. Really not a good idea. We didn't even make it to the lobby. He had a panic attack in the elevator. We hung out and ate some ice cream after, though. He's sleeping it off. I just need to, you know... Hit an inanimate object since the hunger isn't around. Kravitz sheathes his knives. Understandable. Is it? It's not like it's my brain that's doing this. I'm not the one who's had a panic attack. It happened to him and it... Loop stops, swallowing heavily. She misses Barry. Of all the times for him to leave the city. I just really hate feeling helpless. I want to be able to fix him. He's your brother, and you love him, Loop. Of course, it's understandable, Kravitz says, walking across the room. I'll keep you company while you take your feelings out on the heavy bag. We can order food tonight and sit in the common room. I can sit with Taco while you call Barry, without Taco feeling like he's being handled that way. Sometimes you're creepy, you know that, Loop asks, allowing herself a small, brief smile. That's a good plan. All my plans are good, 
Kravitz nods towards the heavy bag. Go on, I know you want to break another one of those like the rest of us don't use them too. I've got spares, Loop says, and shoves Kravitz's shoulder gently. Thanks, babe. Kravitz smiles at her, a fleeting but genuine thing. No problem, he says. I do like watching every time you have to explain you broke another bag to Barry. He looks so torn between pride and despair. Loop lets out a bark of laughter. Ha! He's just turned on, she says, grinning. Stop making me laugh and come spot me. His body jerks in his sleep, an unfamiliar sensation, and the soldier wakes as he tumbles off a soft couch, struggling to free himself from under many, many layers of blankets. They're soft, warm. He is warm, and warm is a foreign sensation to him. Warm is something he shouldn't be. The room he's in appears to be empty, and it is not one he recognizes. Perhaps the Red Room has moved. Perhaps there is a glitch in his programming. But there are no handlers around to report to. He detangles himself from the blankets and pauses because his clothing is... The soldier picks at the sweatshirt he's wearing. Blue emblazoned with a white star and a red and white striped circle. It is distinctly American, and he feels out of his depth, exposed. When he pats himself down, he is without weapons and has no memory of his mission. The fragments of knowledge in his mind tell him that he's been to America before, but not why or where. It is not his place to know why or where. The soldier should lay down again, perhaps, and that is how he has been left for this mission, except that if there has been an incident, he doesn't want to make himself too vulnerable. He sits instead. His arm will likely be enough of a weapon to deal with anyone who walks in the door. He's resourceful like that. He catalogues the room, the view out of the large windows. He is high in a building in a large, unfamiliar city. The room is an apartment, not a hotel, cozy and lived in, with obvious signs of recent occupancy. The lack of memories bothers him. It doesn't, usually. He retains only the most crucial information from mission to mission. It makes him more efficient deadlier. He is the ultimate weapon. It makes it all the more unusual that his handler is absent. There is a note on the table, written in English, that combined with the hoodie confirms his location. America. Fine. He is in disguise in America on a mission. Perhaps his handler will come. Perhaps they won't. Either way, the Red Room will collect him, 
He is their greatest asset. The note contains only two words. Back soon. End chapter 24